Payback Time is a podcast about building businesses, wealth, and financial freedom. We try to uncover the challenges our guests faced, the mistakes they made, and the steps they took to achieve their goals. The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to your own success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's payback time. The choices we make can have a big impact later in life. My next guest decided to start investing 50% of his monthly income in his mid-20s. By the time he reached 31, he could quit his corporate job and start a business with very little financial stress. In this episode, we learn about his investing strategies, mistakes, and successes. Please welcome Tristan Pelu. Tristan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. So what I'd like to do first is why don't you go ahead and give us your background? Yeah, sure. So I am a strategy consultant. I've been working uh, what we call corporate development for a few years. So corporate finance, corporate strategy, mm-hmm. um, doing M&A transactions. And uh, that was on the back of uh, going to business school um, to for to do my master's degree in management. Um, I was in London up until last summer, and now I'm in sunny Barcelona. Nice, nice. And how long have you been doing this? So I've been an independent consultant for a year and previously I was working in so corporate finance for about six years. Got it. Okay. That's really good context because when I talk to people about what they do for their day job, there can be um, similarities to what they invest in. So we're going to dive into your investing background here a little bit. And and those that are listening, we serve the retail investors. So the average Joe who's just getting started in investing. And um, what we want to do is hear your story and how you got started. So the first question is, how did you get started with investing, investing on your own? Um, So I guess um, I guess I always knew that I needed to to start somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean I was lucky enough that I studied portfolio management and you know basically the basics of investing when I was in business school. So I just at some point needed the money to do it. Mm-hmm. So when I started working, I from the very first paycheck, I I started investing. Um, because I always thought I need to invest for the future. So eventually at some point, uh, I will thank myself like, well done, Tristan, Uh, you've invested, uh, well done, young you, you you invested. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's how I started. And how many years ago did you get started? It was, uh, seven, eight years ago. Okay. All right. That's good context. And this is a key question here. A lot of people, they they don't know what is a good dollar amount to get started with. And I'm curious, what dollar amount did you start with when you first started investing? Uh, I started with like, uh, probably we're looking at $150 a month or something like that. Because okay. my, first, my first paychecks uh, as an intern uh, in London were... Were quite uh, thin, so you know sure. I had to I had to start somewhere. So um, this is where, yeah. But I also started with a bit of uh, money from uh, inheritance that I I had invested um, mm-hmm. when I was still still a student. 
But then like investing on a regular basis, yeah, it was about $150. Got it. Got it. Okay. And when you first started investing on your own, can you share any challenges you faced when getting started? Um, I wasn't sure where to start. So I was like, okay, there are so many, especially these days, there are so many options, so many things you can do. Um, so I was thinking, oh, you know, what do I buy a, an ETF on the S&P 500 or like the FTSE or do I invest in a mutual fund that um, mm-hmm. you know, specializes in one one sector? You know, what what do I really do? So um, I guess like at first I, I, my first hurdle was to come up with a strategy and try to mm-hmm. stick with it um, and build over time. Uh, but yeah, it was like, okay, I you know. The world is your oyster. What do you do now? Yes, that's that's a challenge a lot of people face. So I'm curious here, um, what strategy did you land on and how long did it take you to find that strategy? I'm guessing this was not an overnight endeavor. <laughs> yeah, I tried a few things and then I came up with the idea that, um, yeah, not something very fancy, but I was like, you know, I need... I want diversification as much as possible and mm-hmm. exposure to uh, as many countries as possible, as many different economies as possible. So it's more like a very kind of macro strategy. So I want exposure to Europe, I want exposure to the US, uh, emerging markets, and then trying to find the, the cheapest like ways to get this exposure uh, mm-hmm. through ETFs and mutual funds. And also like kind of getting investing through the cheapest way possible as well. So finding the right platform to be able to do that. Um, That's, but yeah, but I first went through, oh, I'm going to have like mutual funds, like specialize Mm -hmm. in so many sectors. And so then I realized it didn't really make sense. And um, I wanted kind of a low risk strategy. So trying to mirror mirror the global economy. So like, okay, I'll, I'll go, I'll go with the flow. Got it. So do you say your portfolio is primarily, or is, is it contains primarily ETFs and mutual funds, or do you actually invest in individual stocks? So, I mean, if I look broadly, just, um, I guess uh, I have around 60% of my portfolio is, is equity. And that would be in a uh, mostly in mutual funds. Um, okay. So the thing is to, to invest in individual stocks, I feel like you need to do a lot of homework um, that I tend to lack time to do it. So I prefer to, uh, yeah, to, to invest in like you know, something that, that follows the S&P 500 or where I, d- I don't have to think too much is that, you know, I'll just, I'll just go with it and, Without thinking about like okay, what what's the underlying value of the stock? Mm-hmm. How is it? How is it doing? You know, what are the financials? You know, the stuff I've done like while working. So I know that for me, if I wanted to be sure about a stock, I would need to do a lot of homework to be like okay, sure, this is the right one. Um, so yeah, that that's good context. And, and what I'll do is after the episode, I'll I'll tell you about ticker a little bit that I'll that I'll solve your individual stock. 
research challenge. But anyway, let's continue. The next question is, um, and, and just for context of the audience and the listeners, is as a recording, it's the middle of October in the States and uh, countries, other countries that followed suit. There's been a lot of volatility. So I'm curious to know, when was your last investment? So I continue to invest a bit every month. So Okay, good. Um, that's I've I've always done that, which means that uh, yeah, sometimes I get in when when it's high, sometimes I get in when it's not as high. So it kind of smoothens the volatility over time. Um, so you don't have the challenges of yeah, is it the right time to get in or or not? Um, and mm-hmm. but yeah, you just need to hold your nerves when when the market crashes and you're like, oh, should I should have sold? Um, so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's that's a bit my strategy to avoid like the kind of nerves, nerve cracking moments. Yep, I I like your discipline there of investing every month. We at Ticker we do tell our customers to try to invest every month, keep some cash on hand too, waiting for the market to really dive because those are buying opportunities. Otherwise, um, keep buying more. Yeah, um, I'm curious here. And, and this is not a dollar question. This is a percentage question. What percentage of your income do you invest every month, would you say? Mm, so, I mean, right now I'm I'm kind of uh, in a transition period, like professionally. So I don't, I don't invest as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. But back when, back when I was working, I was investing like 50%, like 50% or more wow. income. Um, I'm kind of a savvy person, but this is kind of choices that I made early on, uh, to be able to buy me a bit of freedom right now. Um, and this is where I was saying, you know, started investing eight years ago. So now I've turned 31 and I bought myself a bit of financial freedom to do this transition professionally, like to the entrepreneur world. Um, and it's a slow, it's, it's kind of a slow process. But it's thanks to this investment decisions mm-hmm. made a while back that uh, are helping me now. That is inspirational. So it sounds like, are you making the transition from more of the corporate world to running your own business? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Good for you. And we'll, at the end of the episode, we'll have you promote what that business is. You can tell us a little bit about it to the audience, whatnot. But that's, that's really inspiring. By 31, you can really make that decision because you've you've made choices eight years prior to have the discipline to invest 50% per month. I love it. All right. Here's a good question. What are your average annual returns in the stock market? Um like what did you what did you I'm curious, what did you earn in 2020? Uh well I, I think I think it was quite good. I'm trying to remember. Um I tend to like more looking at rather than the annual return it's more like my average return on on a specific like investment uh, as I invest over time and mm-hmm. kind of blend it. Uh, but it probably was, I mean, it was probably nuts because I continued buying it, buying when it was like COVID <laughs> crashing, crashing all over. Uh, so it probably was uh, above 10%. But but I don't nice. have the, the number. But it, so if you look at my portfolio, it will depend like on investments. But some stuff are up. Like since I started investing, like sixty percent or eighty percent, mm-hmm. which is you know a bit crazy. But even over time, um, but I prefer to look at it 
from that perspective rather than than an annual uh, you know, growth it. rate. I'm, and then as far as this year, how are you doing this year so far? Um, well, this year is just that uh, even though yeah, I've I've invested less and uh, the market, as you said, has been a bit more volatile. So I think this year it's not as as good. Uh, so across the set classes, yeah, it depends uh, depends a bit. Like I I started diversifying this year into into bonds, and mm-hmm. I got the timing wrong. So. Uh, <laughs> It hasn't been great. I'm down like three percent on on my investment in bonds, but equity I'm holding okay. But it's still it's still not going to be as good as as last year or okay. previous years, obviously. No, I appreciate that transparency. Thank you for sharing. All right, and then we're going to talk about your your biggest mistake here, and then we're your biggest success because the audience wants to learn from others' mistakes. So, can you share your biggest investment mistake? Yeah, so, uh, well, I was alluding to the fact that um, at first I was just uh, trying to buy like sexy stuff rather than having a strategy. So when I was, like buying like mutual funds focused on technology companies because mm-hmm. it sounded cool um, without really thinking about like, okay, how does it fit into like a wider strategy? And as I was investing more and my portfolio started growing, I got more aware, okay, well, actually, I don't want to lose that money. So I got more disciplined around, okay, let's come up with some kind of strategy. So like uh, for the long term. Um, so uh, it took me a bit of time to get this discipline. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess that's the biggest mistake. And then, so I... I, I a couple of times, I, uh, I made some bets on, on, on oil um, through oil. ETFs. When when it was uh, crashing, mm-hmm. and in the end it went okay. But the thing is, when you buy an ETF on oil, and you don't check exactly how it, how the ETF works and how it's collateralized, and and what happens if it's actually not able to, because uh, the way the way they work, they have like complex instruments in place with with counterparties and. Um, and mine was okay, but I know, like, uh, I know a friend of mine invested in another ETF. That actually, um, like, the counterparty decided that they weren't weren't working with them anymore. Mm-hmm. So, basically, what happens is that your bet turns sour because you're not actually buying oil; you're buying like something that tries to mirror uh, the fluctuations of oil. So. So the mistake is not reading really through like the structure, how it works. And nothing is really a slam dunk, is it? You would think so because oil was like negative and, and the ETF price was collapsing. I was like, well, that can't be like, that can only go one way. Um, and actually, yes, like for the, the actual price of oil, mm-hmm. not for the ETF. The ETF can actually can collapse and you can lose your money still or... Or, or or not worse, but they're just gonna give you like the value of the collateral, and it's not gonna be the the slam dunk you you were thinking about. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I have to ask this: Are you still uh, down on this ETF you bought? Have you recovered? Um, no, I bought it. I made uh, I kind of made hundred fifty percent in three months, and then I sold. So oh, okay. and everything went fine, and I didn't put a lot of money. I put like I think okay. like. 
two, three thousand dollars. And I was like, just oh, let's let's have some fun with it. But it was still it was still a good good thrill. But at some point when I saw this um, this other ETF going down, well, not going down, but saying, oh, look, we're stopping to trade because our counterparty has decided not to work mm-hmm. with us anymore. I thought, oh, geez, my 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 super bet is going to turn into like, okay, Tristan, you haven't made any money or maybe you're going to lose some. Sure. Um, so it, it turned okay. It's just I had this bit of stress moment for not reading the, the documents properly. Right, right. Yeah, a good lesson learned there. Know what you're investing in and know where it's going. Um, our, we teach our customers that. And definitely know the type of business, or in this case, ETF. Thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. Let's take a quick commercial break. Do you feel like stock investing is too confusing, too time-consuming, or too risky? It doesn't have to be. Ticker gives you the power to manage your own investments, reduce risk, and beat the market along the way. If you ever considered investing on your own but don't know where to start, Ticker is your solution. Ticker safely guides you through your investment journey, finding on-sale stocks and showing you why those stocks are on sale, giving you the confidence that you're making a wise investment. I created Ticker because, number one, I wanted to remove emotions from investing. In other words, I wanted a software to make buying and selling decisions for me so I don't have to. And number two, I wanted to save time. Analyzing businesses can take hours, if not days, and I didn't want to invest the time. Again, I wanted a software to do it for me. I've been using Ticker the last five years to generate average returns ranging between 15% and 50% per year. Seeing that I was generating consistent returns multiple years in a row motivated me to turn this into a software to share with others. If you're interested, you can get started with a free trial. Visit ticker.pro. That's T-Y-K-R.pro. Again, ticker.pro. All right, so let's flip the equation here. What was your biggest investment success? Um, well... Like this, this, uh, this oil trade was uh, was actually a good one, um, mm-hmm. and so it's probably the best uh, the best investment I've made. Um, if you're talking like listed investments, um, mm-hmm. I made some good bets in venture capital. Um, okay, and also bought a flat like really a below value, like a below market. So mm-hmm. that was also a good one. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess if you're talking listed, this, this uh, oil deal like was, was the best one. And then um, I, I invest in, in unlisted companies and sometimes sure. it goes well, sometimes it doesn't, most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> so and, you, uh, not to interrupt you there, sorry. Yeah. Um, you do, it sounds like you have experience angel investing. So you do invest in private businesses. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Why don't you share one of those? Because um, it'd be interesting to know the type of business model. So you, can you share one, one angel investment that you made? What was the business model and, and uh, what did it do? Okay. So basically the best investment. That, so I invest in, uh, so I invest in, in large businesses tend to avoid everything that really is to fintech because most of because I'm too close to the industry. So it's mm-hmm. actually the opposite to that. I really know the industry. So I don't invest into like startups at that stage because I feel most of them, they, they're not going to go anywhere. So right. I I actually like uh, brick and mortar businesses. Mm. So 
this one in particular where I'm, I made a good investment is a chain of, of uh, frozen vegan pizza. And uh, did you say froze, was, frozen pizza? Yeah, frozen. So basically it's a pizza chain, but they also sell their, their frozen vegan pizzas to, nice. um, to supermarkets and, and like a variety of places. Sure. And um, back in 2016, they were raising funds and I found um, I was living in London. I was like, okay, vegan stuff are, are mm-hmm. all crazy. So it should it should go well. The, the valuation wasn't too high. There's a problem I have with a lot of uh, software businesses, especially like fintech businesses. The valuations don't make any sense, um, especially at pre-product mm-hmm. uh, or or pre not even pre-revenue. Like some companies that have pre-product and they say, okay, we're worth like 15 million. And you're like, okay, well, calm down, man. So mm-hmm. I feel brick and mortar businesses tend to have a, a better, like, you know, not better, but they're not as crazy when it comes to, when it comes to valuations. Mm-hmm. Um, so this business in particular back then, yeah, they were just saying, look, we're, <laughs> we're making pizzas and we're starting to sell and it's going well and stuff. And actually, so the valuation shoot up uh, massively. We're talking like almost 40 times or something like wow. that in, in four years. So I just wish I had invested more, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say you put in $10,000, turn that into 400,000, right? But sadly, I didn't put like uh, 10,000. <laughs> so it would have been, right. good. Would have right. been good. But it still, it still was a good investment. Sure, sure. No, that's, that's good to know. Like your perspective there on brick and mortar. Appreciate that. All right, here's a good question here. Uh, how do you manage emotions when you're investing? Um, so that the thing is that because, well, naturally I'm, I'm quite calm, but I the, the way I've built my, my strategy is investing for the long term. And as I was saying, every month and smoothen the, the, the volatility and stuff. So I, I'm less prone to, to being stressed by, by the movements in the market because... I just know they're going to happen and the market is going to crash and fine, I'll buy more. Or So that's how I managed because I've adapted my strategy to what I wanted uh, in the sense that I didn't want to be stressed about how my, my portfolio was, was going to do and I didn't want to be obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to work you know, by itself and I just put some money in the machine and just... It's it's not some something I I want to, you know, every single like minute of the day like looking at it. Right. I, I check on it and I invest regularly. So that's that's the way I manage emotion. Basically, I I, mm-hmm. I do my homework when it comes to investing in something, and then I invest, and then okay, look, I'm not gonna look at it, uh, or yeah. I'm gonna look at it every now and then to see how it's how it's doing, but. I'm not gonna, there's nothing I can do now. It's, it's gone. Like the money's gone. So yeah. that's, that's the way, that's the way I, I kind of handle emotions. What I extracted here going back a minute or two is setting expectations. It sounds like you really know the expectations on what it's going to do in the short term and the long term. You know, it's going to go down a little bit from time to time, but uh, over the duration, the long haul, the long term vision, it's going to make you money. You know those expectations. Yeah, exactly. If uh, you know my my pension plan, I invest on twenty year 
basis. So mm-hmm. if I invest now and it's losing 20% by by like you know the end of the year, well, I mean it doesn't matter because we're looking at at a very long term uh, horizon. Obviously, if you're investing and you want to cash out in the next uh, two years, well, first you shouldn't buy equity, but you know mm-hmm. then the thing is, of course, you're going to be stressed if it goes down because you want to get some cash value. So it depends a lot, yeah, as you say, your expectations, the horizon you're you're taking. Yep, yeah, that's great. Here's a fun question, which is, why do you invest? Um, I invest for um, yeah. So what I was saying around financial freedom in the sense mm-hmm. that being able to make some decisions based on the fact that you have saved money and you have invested money. So um, it's I guess it's around like financial security and financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. building something which means that you don't rely as much on paychecks um, and it buys you a bit of um yeah, a bit of, of freedom to make some decisions. Okay, well, you know what? I'm, I want to take a bit of time off. I want to start this business. I, don't, I want to open a shop selling cupcakes. I don't know. But um, there you go. If you're not investing, the problem is that you're, or, or saving, the problem is that you're always going to be at the mercy of, you know, you need to find a job, you need to work, you know, which is <laughs> fine when you're young, but, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm still relatively young, but, Mm-hmm. I always had this vision that uh, in 10 years time or 15 years time, I want to decide if I want to actively or not to like work or not work or yep. do stuff that don't pay as much, but because it's fine because you have savings and investments. So that's um, always my, my vision why I started investing. I love it. I'm going to put down financial freedom and, and you're living it because you said earlier, I mean, you're 31, you're able to start a business. You've, you, you put in the hard work years ago and the discipline of putting away cash 50% is pretty solid every month. Um, yeah. Good on you, man. Nice work. All right. Now let's get into what we call the rapid fire round. This is where we get to find out who Tristan really is. So if you could try to answer each question in 15 seconds or less, you ready? Okay. All right. What is your favorite podcast? Uh, I don't listen to many podcasts. No podcasts. All right. I'm on many podcasts, but I, I, I don't listen to many podcasts. Okay. Uh, what is a recent book you read and would recommend? Um, I read a book about uh, design sprint and I can't remember the name. It's by an ex-Google guy, and it's it's really good uh, if you're nice. starting a business. All right. Here's a fun question. What is your favorite movie? Uh, Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're going back to 1980s cheesy action movies here. Commando? This is the best movie ever. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Um Quick segue here. I'm a big movie nerd and I've got some friends. We, we always quote that movie. So <laughs> that's great, man. All right. Here's a fun one. What is your favorite food? Uh, my favorite food, fried chicken. Fried chicken. You didn't go with pizza. All right. And how many hours do you sleep each night? Uh, eight hours. Oh, eight wow. hours. Healthy. What is your workout regimen? Uh, I run at least three times a week, try to work out another two times. 
Nice. Good for you. Healthy lifestyle. Great. And last question here is if you could go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit and what would you say? Um, I would visit myself uh, when I was doing my summer jobs when I was 18, 19. And I would tell myself to invest some of the money and not spend it all. Smart. We all made dumb choices, buying things we don't need at younger ages. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'll turn it over to you. Why don't you tell us about your business a little bit, what you're transitioning to, and, and give the audience a little background there. Yeah, sure. So um, last year, I started a small platform, media platform on FinTech called FinTech Review. Mm-hmm. Um, it started as a personal blog, and now it's more like a, a place for me to interview people, to welcome guest posts, and write my my own uh, my own analysis, what I think the market the market like the industry is doing, and uh, and so it's really my my little uh, pet project. And on the back of this, then I advise fintech startups um, in Europe, in 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 the US on. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly like early stage businesses on how to launch and and where to go and um, things to fix in their businesses, which is what I've done for for many years. So now I do it as a as an independent consultant, and uh, it's quite fun. It's quite fun. I, I like uh, I like choosing the people I work with, and mm-hmm. I like also the variety of backgrounds and businesses I work with. Um, so it's. Um, it's been a year, like my my transition, and uh, so far it's been a, it's been a good it's been good fun. Nice. Are you full time with this? Have you left your corporate job? Yeah, yeah, I left it. Um, so I was in London, and mm-hmm. I actually left everything to uh, left my job and uh, left London to come here in Barcelona. Nice, a fresh start. That's great. And what is the website address? Uh, FintechReview.net. Got it. Okay. Well, we'll promote that on our site. Well, very good. Really appreciate you sharing your background here and getting started with investing. I know it's going to provide a lot of value for especially new investors. So really appreciate your time here, Tristan. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know your time is valuable and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest's story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya. See ya.